What is up, guys? Welcome to Talk Flagler Weekly News Update. I'm your host, Chris Gollin, Chief Political and Cultural Reporter for AskFlagler.com. And uh, we got a great show for you guys today. Of course, as first, I'm going to break down the news for you uh, into the categories of weather, government and business, culture, and crime. And then after that, we have an interview with Flagler Beach uh, City Police Chief Matthew Downey. So stay tuned for that. First up is the weather. Um, If you live in Palm Coast or in Flagler County, um, for the most part this week, we're not going to get much more than clouds. The chances of rain are uh, not super high. Uh, On Monday, there's a 34% chance and they are calling for isolated thunderstorms. So keep that into effect. But for the rest of the week, it's going to be mostly just partly cloudy, mostly sunny. Uh, The temperatures are staying in the mid 80s. It's not totally backed off into the 70s and 60s like a lot of us want it to. Uh, 85 is the highest high of this week, which is going to be the case Tuesday through Friday. And uh, the lowest low is 69, which we will get next Monday. So uh, certainly looking forward to some, uh, some kind of you know, lower temperatures, hopefully, and uh, some isolated thunderstorms will be rolling through uh, next weekend. So, um, so yeah, hopefully that brings in an additional cold front to Flagler County. In the government and business portion of the news, a couple of big laws went into effect on September 30th in the state of Florida. Uh, The big headliner is the minimum wage in the state of Florida is now $10 for non-tipped employees. Uh, This is up from $8 and change previous to that. But uh, this was passed as a referendum on Florida's state election ballot last year. Um, It was on there, you know, as you voted for president and in your local elections, uh, there was a measure amendment two to the Florida state constitution was to raise the minimum wage uh, eventually to $15 in 2026, but to avoid some of the uh, shock to local businesses, they're going to do that a dollar a year. So as of September 30th, minimum wage in the state of Florida is now $10 an hour. That's a little bit of a boost over a dollar from the previous minimum wage. Uh, next September, it will go up to 11. The September after that, I'll go up to 12 and so on until 2026. Florida's minimum wage is $15 an hour. Uh, Another big one is um, change to uh, state smoking age and local regulations on tobacco. Uh, The big big headline of this change, the one as people talked about it, was mostly raising the smoking age to 21. But as that had already been passed at the federal level, uh, really the big change that should be the headline for this one is that uh, local governments have lost their um, their ability to regulate tobacco sales and marketing that is now at the state level. Um, the legislation was actually introduced by Travis Hudson in the Florida State House of Representatives, who, if you didn't know, the area he represents includes Flagler County. So he's the driver behind this new change. Uh, he introduced it uh, on March 9th into the state legislature. And there were a list of steps that had to go through in the legislative process. And on May 7th, it was approved by governor Ron DeSantis. The bill was, uh, had a majority support from both state house Republicans and Democrats. It, uh, the Republicans favored it 22 to two Democrats favored it nine to seven. That is the, um, in the start of the state Senate, that, went that way in the state house. It did, however, see a similarly popular uh, reception. 
Furthermore, in government and business, uh, Casey DeSantis, wife of Governor Ron DeSantis and the first lady of the state of Florida, uh, was recently announced she was diagnosed with breast cancer by the governor's office. And uh, that's certainly a uh, scary revelation. Never something, you know, you never want to be diagnosed with cancer. Obviously, it's a uh, terrible news. But uh, the uh, governor and their family are staying positive. He said, quote, Casey is a true fighter and she will never, never, never give up. So good to hear uh, Governor DeSantis is optimistic about that fight that uh, Casey will have coming up. Um, mortality rate for breast cancer does depend on a lot of things like where you catch it, you know, age, comorbidities, things like that. But certainly everyone is pulling for Casey to win that battle handily. Uh, some of those that reached out included uh, DeSantis's uh, two major opponents in next year's governor election, Nikki Freed and Charlie Crist, who are currently competing against one another in the Democratic primary to be nominated to go up against DeSantis. Both of those two had uh, encouraging words for the governor's wife. And Freed even shut down people on Twitter who were you know, not so encouraging in their replies, even though... You know, obviously, the DeSantis's are very politically far apart from Freed. Uh, she made sure to um, keep everyone on social media, you know, staying positive because, you know, it's just it, it goes beyond politics. Getting into the culture part of the news, um, there was an Arbor Day celebration uh, a few couple weeks ago now in Palm Coast. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this on a previous podcast yet. If I have, I do apologize. But make sure you go on askflagler.com and check out the uh, gallery of photos by our resident photographer, Stephen Helfrich. Stephen did an amazing job capturing uh, all the great events of the day, some of the great people who attended. Some really cool stuff there to check out. Highly encourage you guys to take a look. Furthermore, in culture, we have the, uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission announced that their 2021 Lionfish Challenge has concluded, and they announced the winners, handed out the prizes. So if you don't know, lionfish is a very distinct-looking uh, fish, which we're now finding in Flora's marine ecosy- ecosystems. It is an invasive species, so uh, they're definitely not supposed to be here. Fish and Wildlife uh, issued this challenge to uh, divers, spear fishermen, any of that, to collect as many lionfish from Florida's waters as possible. The winner of the uh, recreational category was a gentleman by the name of Brooks Feaser from Palm Beach County, who removed 1,632 lionfish. That is a crazy amount. Coming in second place was Carl Antnick, who removed 1,582. And then Christina Raber Jen, who removed 1,475. Now, this is every lionfish removed from the Florida ecosystems is, uh, is good. They're uh, invasive, they don't have a lot of predators, and they eat up a lot of the native species uh, to the state of Florida, which is very destructive to the habitats. So we're certainly happy for the winners there. Oh, and uh, Rachel Bowman from Monroe County won commercial category. She removed 730 pounds of lionfish from Florida waters. So we're certainly proud of those guys. And uh, yeah, it's a good to raise awareness about lionfish their invasive nature. They're also venomous, so be very careful if you see them in the water. Don't want to be dealing with those without knowing how to go about it. And uh, yeah, we're, we're happy we have some great fishermen here who are willing to put themselves somewhat into harm's way to improve Florida's ecosystems overall. 
Furthermore, in culture, uh, Nicole Critcher was named the new principal of Old King's Elementary School. This was um, following the tenure of Catherine Crook, who was named principal in November 2017, and the principal before that was Ben Osipian. Uh, prior to being named principal of Old King's, uh, Miss Critcher has spent three years as assistant principal at Matanzas High School. It is her second tenure of work at Old King's, having previously served as an instructional coach. Uh, Kathy Middlestat was very enthusiastic, the superintendent, about this uh, appointment. She said, uh, Nicole spent 13 years in an elementary school classroom here in Flathead County, plus served as an instructional coach at Old King's for three years. I'm confident she will work with teachers, staff, parents, and students in continuing the excellence found on the OKES campus. So that was a big, big announcement here for Flagler Schools. We've just seen a few new principals uh, appointed in the last year or so. Furthermore, in culture, the city of Flagler Beach is encouraging residents to take uh, an online recycling survey that was uh, posted by the city. So make sure to check out our article on that. And uh, listen to the interview with Chief Downey in just a minute here. We talk about a lot of great community events coming up in Flagler Beach. Moving on to the crime portion of the news, we have um, from September 25th, the story, uh, two siblings both ran into problems with law enforcement recently. One uh, is he was sentenced to prison for a 2019 armed robbery case. The other sibling was recently rearrested. On September 10th, the sheriff's office was notified that uh, Jamari Baker, born in August of 1999, was sentenced to three years in prison, following a um, followed by pri- followed by five years of probation for an armed robbery conviction in the S section. Uh, and then on April 8th, 2020, Baker's sister Jamaya Baker was arrested and charged with uh, principal to robbery with a firearm and principal to attempted robbery with a firearm in the same incident. Uh, The sister has been involved in multiple high-profile incidents similar to that 2019 armed robbery. Uh, October 2018, she was arrested for involvement in a shooting incident in Palm Coast that severely injured the victim. Sheriff Staley said, quote, talking about uh, Jamari Baker, He said, I'm glad to see him face consequences for uh, his poor decisions. I commend our detective team and prosecutors who put this dangerous criminal behind state bars and off the streets of Flagler County. Hopefully prison will teach him to make better choices in his future and his sister will join him soon. Furthermore, the sheriff's office arrested a 12-year-old who made a remark about shooting up Buddy Taylor Middle School. Uh, Certainly was a... uh, a saddening story to see the student had faced disciplinary action for something else. And in her anger, she had said um, she was going to come. She made the remark. She was going to come and uh, shoot, shoot up the school. Uh, certainly a very disappointing story. Uh, after the remark had been reported by, to the school resource deputy, she was arrested at her home that evening and taken to the department of juvenile justice. So uh, certainly uh, got to commend the Flagler Sheriff's Office there for intervening in a very, very tricky situation. Certainly not something you ever want to see happen with a uh, local youth, but good to um, good to get that taken care of. Furthermore, in crime, the Flagler County Sheriff's Office uh, law enforcement has received uh, re uh, accredit accreditation. Always a struggle with words like that, and. Um, 
It was on October 7th. The sheriff's office received its sixth law enforcement reaccreditation, got it that time, from the Commission for Florida Law Enforcement Accreditation, or the CFLEA. Um, quote from Rick Staley, the sheriff, as sheriff of Flagler County, it's my duty to ensure that we provide law enforcement services at the highest professional levels in our profession. Receiving re-accreditation is confirmation that we are delivering the most professional law enforcement practices to the citizens of our community. It was my honor to accept this award on behalf of the dedicated men and women serving our agency and community that made this recognition possible. With that being said, guys, that is your news roundup for the day. Stay tuned. Coming up next is my interview with Flagler Beach City Police Chief Matthew Doney. Chief Doney, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So to get started, tell us a little bit about your background and how that led to you becoming Flagler Beach's police chief. So I started my public service career in the Air Force back in 1984. Okay. And I got a chance to travel the world. Um, Got out in 1988. Mm-hmm. I went to the police academy, um, and then from there I started my professional law enforcement career with the city of Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. Stayed there for 20 years, retired as a captain, and uh, ultimately, years later, wound up becoming the chief of police in Flagler Beach in 2013, mm-hmm. and I've been there ever since. So in November of this year, I'll, I'll be there eight years. Oh, congratulations. So it's been uh, been a long journey, over 30 years in law enforcement, but... Uh, I found the, the place where I was destined to be, and, and I love where I'm at. Were you a pilot in the Air Force? No, I was a security specialist. I was a, um, a police officer. Okay. Where uh, where did you get to go? I got to uh, – my first duty station was uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And then I went overseas to a little uh, a base in Belgium north of the French border. It's a long way from Louisiana. It's a long way. And then um, my final duty station was Grand Force, North Dakota. Wow. So uh, I went – different uh, parts of the world. I went to uh, Louisiana where it was very hot. Mm-hmm. I went to Belgium where it was very rainy and went to North Dakota where it was extremely cold. Yeah. So I ran, uh, ran the gamut, had, had a great time in the Air Force. It was a great experience uh, for me uh, personally. And um, yeah, it led to great things. It led to a great career in, in Daytona Beach and got a lot of, uh, a lot of great experience there which uh, translated to coming to Flagler Beach. Did you try any authentic Belgian waffles? It's Belgium? funny because you, you would think they would be everywhere, but they're not. Is it one of those things where like the rest of the world is hyped up Belgian waffles, uh, but they themselves? Pretty much. They have what they call Fritz stands, which are French fries, mm-hmm. um, kind of like our food trucks. And their big, big seller is uh, like a funnel full of French fries. Ooh. And instead of using ketchup, they call it American sauce. They prefer to use either mayonnaise <laughs> oh, no. or almost like tartar sauce. Mayonnaise is the one that is usually uh, preferred over there. Oh, I just internally gasped. Which May- is Mayonnaise is on weird. fries? Mayonnaise on fries. Did you have it? I tried it. Not a big fan. No. I don't know. Um, I don't like mayonnaise on anything. And ketchup, they didn't understand ketchup. It was American sauce. But no, I, I did never did have a authentic Belgian waffle in the little oh. over a year year that I was there. Well, I mean, maybe yeah, maybe it just wasn't you know as much of like a Belgian thing. No, like they, so they, it was just one of those. I think it's just one of those things. Everybody hears Belgium, uh, great country, very uh, very unique. Falls in between the Netherlands and France, mm-hmm. so half the country 
uh, speaks Flemish, and the other half speaks French. So it's it's a kind of a you know divided. We think north and south here in the United States, and then in Belgium, it's just you know it's like two, east and west. It's yeah, it's it's north and south, but you have different um, different country men and women that don't speak the same language. Huh. That that is kind of interesting because you know in in America it's like because I mean, Belgium isn't geographically that big. No, it's compared not, to the it's, United States. No, it's not so like, not big at all. You only got a few select states where you have that in the that geographical size that much variance. Like New York is night and day when you go from the city to upstate. Right, that's one. Florida can definitely be a little bit, you know, like way different in the Panhandle than maybe down toward the Glades. Right, but, it was um, a great place to be. I got a chance to travel. Um, all over Europe uh, as wow. a as a young as a young airman, and I had a great time. Oh, that's really cool. So, tell me about how the role of law enforcement in Flagler Beach specifically uh, might be unique compared to what the sheriff's office does in Palm Coast and what the sheriff's office and Benel do in Benel. How is Flagler Beach unique, uh, Chris? It's unique because geographically, we're the closest beach from ninety five. Mm-hmm. on the eastern seaboard from Maine all the way down to Key West. If you wow. get off 95, you go three miles, you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. So uh, our our department is very, very small. Uh, Chief Foster and Bunnell has a small department in the sheriff's office, uh, which Sheriff Staley has bigger departments. Mm-hmm. So there's only 15 currently sworn law enforcement officers full-time in the city of Flagler Beach. That includes myself, Captain Blanchett, and the, the patrol officers and my detective. Mm-hmm. So it's a unique place because we understand that the safety of not only the visitors and the business owners and the citizens come, you know, that's paramount. That That's our, our mission is, is to make the city of Flagler Beach a safe place to live, work, and visit. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that it's, you know, as far as tourism, an economic engine for not only the city but for the county. Because that, it's a beautiful beach. Mm-hmm. And if you were to drive uh, anywhere on the East Coast, I don't know where you would find six miles of uh, uninterrupted view of the Atlantic Ocean. If you come in from Volusia County, with the exception of um, Gamble Rogers and Snack Jacks, all the way to Beverly Beach, you can see the Atlantic Ocean from A1A. There's no condos block in your view. Yeah, that's that's something that's really cool that Flagler Beach has. I... I I like that stretch more than I do to the immediate north and to the immediate south. Right. It's it's because of it's that. picturesque with an iconic pier there. So understanding that there's a lot of folks that come through town, um, we just ask our officers to be you know firm and fair. Mm-hmm. If if they think someone deserves a warning for a you know speeding across the bridge, you know it's not just enforcing the law. Sometimes it's educating people. Yeah, I've got so, I've gotten a warning for speaking across the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, policing is evolving, and anytime mm-hmm. a profession stops evolving, they run into trouble. So, mm-hmm. you know, education is a very very big proponent of of being a professional organization, and um, getting my officers to get college educations is you know, always at the forefront for me. If you had to make like a a guesstimate, what percentage you think of the people that you run across within law enforcement in Flagler Beach are tourists compared to locals? 
it's hard to th- it's hard to say because you know some some days are are busier than others. Mm-hmm. There's folks that come here specifically for vacation, and then there's the accidental tourist that'll come. Um, they don't know Flagler Beach. They hadn't heard of Flagler Beach, and either they get off the interstate and they see that you know the beach is close, or they'll be traveling between say Daytona and St. Augustine mm-hmm. and just stumble upon it and fall in love with it. So. Right. Um, we know on the weekends, especially in the summer, um, the beaches are crowded. Some of it's our, you know, our locals from Palm Coast and, and the surrounding areas. But there are a lot of tourists um, walking and talking to people on the boardwalk. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a percentage um, mm-hmm. per se, but you know, tourism is is a big deal in our city. I'm sure it probably is different with the time of year too. Like summer, you might get a lot. Fourth of July. Correct. And get especially packed. Right. Now we have next week Biketoberfest over here. Oh yeah. That's so right. if if I was to ride a motorcycle and I wanted a nice ride, everybody likes to ride the loop in Ormond, if you know mm-hmm. where that's at. Oh yeah. So you ride the loop. The loop comes out of high bridge in A one A. You come out of high bridge in A one A, if you head north, a mile later you're in Flagler Beach. Mm-hmm. And you can ride 25 miles an hour, which means it's not fast. You get a chance to enjoy a beautiful ride with the wind in your hair, smell of the ocean, the sun, and a beautiful view. It's a natural place for bikers to come mm-hmm. to just an enjoy six-mile ride. Stop and have a burger at, at a local restaurant or grab a drink or go do some shopping. Yeah. Right? That's what it's all about. It's mm-hmm. that hometown feel and I'll give our city uh, forefathers and, and our commission over the years credit for keeping Flagler Beach, that small, unique beach town. Mm-hmm. Which has been a conscious effort. It, it, absolutely conscious. And that, that's the way, um, that's what keeps the charm mm-hmm. of a small city like that. Yeah. I, I like that there, are, there aren't too many um, big chain businesses in Flagler Beach. Right. There's like not a single, any. No, there's, there's not a there's single like, chain restaurant in there. Um, no, the, there's the a locally will, owned 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven, you have a Dollar General. In Flagler Beach? Where is Dollar General. It's um, just west, just east of um, the bridge. You come across the bridge, yep, you past Flagler Avenue. On the north side of the street is a dollar. Oh, that's right. I know. I obviously know where that is. I, just, I couldn't think of where it was at the top of my head. Right. So right next to Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Right. So there's not a lot of chains, but the restaurants themselves are extremely unique and the gift shops. Uh, the gift shops are so cool. Like I went in the, the art shop, the one over by Gola. Flagler Tea Company. Gola. First Fantastic. Time. Got a gift for my grandmother there for her birthday. That was fantastic. Like you got to like make the effort to like walk down these streets and like look at this stuff. Absolutely. There's so much more that you have to like make that effort to find. So our, our, our point is to be visible. Mm-hmm. We want people to come. We want them to feel safe. Mm-hmm. We want to be friendly. We want to be approachable. Those are things in law enforcement that are extremely important. So when you decide to come with your family, park, you're going to go out and check out the pier you're going to eat at the Funky Pelican. You're going to go to Gola. You're going to go to any of the other gift shops and spend money. We want you to come back, mm-hmm. right? It's the hometown feel. If you come there once, you'll probably come back. I mean, the restaurant right across the street from the police department 
is Friends. Is that a little like lunch and it's, breakfast? And the name place? of it is Friends. I've been meaning to go there forever. Fantastic. Ed, Ed and his wife and their staff do a great job. Enter as strangers, leave as friends. That's their motto. I like that. Yeah, it's it's it, that's pretty much the unofficial motto, you know, for almost a city. It's mm-hmm. it's that small town charm. You come once, you'll come back. That's so that actually talking about being visible. That leads into the the next question I was going to have is your um, your police department has been really big with community outreach and involvement. I've noticed. Um, how do you think that has shaped the relationship between the police department and the community? Fantastic. Whether it's using utilizing social media. Or just getting old school, getting on a bicycle, riding around and talking to to residents and visitors, um, just being approachable, not just riding by in a police car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've seen it, and I, I try to tell folks, you can't ride around in your police car with your windows up. Mm-hmm. You have a window, at least one window down. And then just every once in a while, just get out and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Get out and stretch your legs. Be approachable. Talk to people. Um, check the boardwalk, walk the boardwalk, and ask, you talk to people. Well, we had a couple, uh, a few years ago, a gentleman had an Air Force hat on. I thanked him for his service. He said, I, I wasn't in the service, but my son is in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. They were from Iowa. Probably a little over a year later, I ran into that same couple. And they came back, and they said, we had such a great time the first time we were here. We were on our way down to South Florida, we just stopped by and have lunch because hmm. we had such a great time here the first time. That's really cool. pretty, pretty incredible. So getting out and talking to people, riding bicycles, uh, interacting, whether you're putting on uh, free classes or seminars at city hall uh, for fraud prevention, which detective Vinci did a couple months ago, or just putting stuff on social media, alerting people to crime trends that are going on. I mean, I got a phone call the other day about my vehicle warranty was going to expire mm-hmm. on my city phone. Was it really? Was it a scam call or was it real? Total scam. Ah, oh. total scam. Did they know they were calling a police chief? No. With that, oh. and then you ask them, "Well, what kind of car do I have?" Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, then how do you know my vehicle warranty is going to expire? There's there there's a video I saw of a <laughs> there was some police chief where she got a call. Elsewhere in the country, she got a call from a scammer, and she like like led them on for a while before just dropping. It's like, oh, by the way, yeah, thanks for coming. Hey, this is the Flag of Beach Police Chief. Click, Click. yeah. (laughs) So it's those type of things, Um, letting them know what's going on about events or things that are happening in the city, and or you know, there's a you know, my two big passions: kids and the elderly. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're the two most vulnerable populations. And you want to see how a society, you know, treats the elderly and the children kind of gives you uh, a glimpse of how society is. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm big on, you know, interacting, especially with kids, because you that may be the only contact they've ever had with a law enforcement officer is the one that they have with you. They're going to judge every other police officer based off your interaction. Right. And then in the elderly, they've lived, you know, a long life. They should be protected. So um, especially when it comes to things like frauds, which are just unbelievable. You'll see someone lose $30,000, dollars $50,000 on a fraud. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to get that information out for us and be interactive is extremely, extremely important. Mm-hmm. 
So you mentioned um, there being a lot of like events and stuff going right. on. Uh, Flagler Beach really, and uh, especially it seems like Veterans Park are some of like the go-to places for big cultural celebrations. A lot of times in Flagler County, one of them, right? At least, um, and there's it always feels like there's a presence there from either either or both the sheriff's office and uh, from you guys. Is that like a conscious thing? Like it is. Make sure um, you have again, if you're going to have an event, we want to make sure that you're safe. And mm-hmm. Sheriff Staley does an absolutely fantastic job. Um, I couldn't be prouder to work with a sheriff that I get along with um, the way I get along with, with Rick Staley. And the same with Tom Foster over in Bunnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not only peers, we're all friends. And we're all there to help each other. Whether um, he has a deputy come help us with an event at Veterans Park or our officers are helping their deputies empty a uh, FPC football game mm-hmm. to direct traffic. So that it's done safely and efficiently. So, yeah, there's a, definitely a conscious effort to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, the color of the uniform is, is really the only difference in who you report to. Right. Because when it comes down to it, as far as uh, law enforcement in Flagler County, the three agencies are extremely well, well tied together and, mm-hmm. and united all doing the same thing for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. One, one in particular I, I, was, I saw that really surprised me was last year, when Flagler Beach, immediately after George Floyd, mm-hmm. there was the march from Wadsworth Park to Veterans Park, and it was all it was all peaceful. Every, everything in Flagler County was peaceful, frankly. Right. But I one thing I because I was at that event, I saw that was really impressive to me was that I think it was you guys. I don't think it was the sheriff's officer. It was probably both actually mm-hmm. were there helping to direct traffic and keep everyone safe. And it was I there, you heard a lot of thank yous, thank you guys for being here from people who were you know, by the nature of the event, a little bit, you know, frustrated with law enforcement as a whole. Right. I thought that was really, that was really neat. To see. That was a, uh, that was a absolute team effort between um, Flagler Beach and the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. And people had a right to be outraged. Mm-hmm. And we wanted them to be able to voice and have their voices heard. We just wanted to make sure that it was done in a way that was done peacefully mm-hmm. so that their message gets, because when violence and those things happen, the message gets convoluted. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure that they made yeah. their journey from the park, the Wadsworth park to veterans park safely. Mm-hmm. We helped them cross the roadway. I actually led it for one reason. I want you to follow me to the park. And I want you to show you that the, we professional law enforcement officers, when they saw that video were disgusted. Mm-hmm. And they they had their their voice and they needed to be heard. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to their voice to be heard and we wanted it to do so not only the ingress but the egress. Come have a, a great event and then go back home the same way you came back. Hopefully feeling better for uh, for you know the the demonstration. We didn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination between. The folks that were involved too, I think that that is extremely important. Mm-hmm. That they good they, people leading that, that they understood. You know, we had the same thing um, um, last year with the fifth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Mm-hmm. Same type of event. Walk from Wadsworth Park to Veterans Park, and then they had a memorial in Veterans Park. Mm-hmm. Lead them, lead them. Why? It's the right thing to do. Talk to folks. 
let them talk to you. Let them see that there's a different side to maybe what you think law enforcement is all about. Mm -hmm. And then walk back with them. We provided water for them so that they didn't get dehydrated. Stop traffic at the intersections. Talk to them. And the amount of thank yous that we did get in all of those events is only, it only makes you reinforce what you're doing is right and it's appreciated. Because that, that really seems like how you heal from something like that. Absolutely. Is to, instead of, you know, telling people who are mad why they shouldn't be mad is being a better example. Right. And I think Flagler County as a whole really knocked it out of the park with that. I think so. The reason why generally if you live in this county, you don't. I think I have to worry too much about being the next location of something like that. No, no. And when it comes to the law enforcement leadership, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be somebody else. (coughs) Excuse me. But you can tell me. You okay? (coughs) Choked on some doctor. Am I going to have to, am I going to have to show you my EMS skills? No, I'm good. (coughs) Sorry. Keep going. So I, I can't, I can only see things from my point of view, but I can be open to others' points of view if they tell me what it's like. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think we're really, really good at as far as as law enforcement in in this community is putting yourself in the place of others. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the Pride event or Black Lives Matter, open and available and accessible to listen. I think that that means the world to people that you're willing to listen. I, I completely agree. And I think it spoke for itself really last year that where you said you were like in the March itself, like leading. I was at, at, right at the front. That's so cool. That's really cool. Right. Cause it's like, you can like, you know, you, you can see getting into the mind of someone in law enforcement, how, you know, you might feel a, a different way about that. Like it's, it's understandable. It's understandable from both sides being right. in law enforcement or being someone uh, in one of those, those marches. But the communication, I think, that was demonstrated was a fantastic I example. Appreciate it. And I'm sure Sheriff Staley will appreciate that when when you have him on the podcast as well. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to hear what you know his perspective on that for sure. Right. And well-coordinated effort between the two law enforcement agencies. Yeah, that's that's another thing that's great about um, living around here is you never hear about like any particular like the Bunnell department or you guys yeah. being way out of step. each other or with the sheriff's office. It's like, I've seen pictures of you and Tom and Rick all, you know, hanging out together. I saw (laughs) the the Halloween one, I think a couple years ago, when he all was Woody from Toy Story. That was the sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) I I came across a picture one day like, wow, that was, that that was a good, that that needs to be like the, um, the cover photo on Facebook. You never know. There's, we had a, um, especially coming up. We had a, a dunking booth at a first Friday a couple years ago. Really? Um, that raised money for charity, and it was um, Sheriff Staley, Chief Foster, and, and I were in the dunking booth at different times. And who got dunked the most? Um, well, probably me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just—I mean, it was great. Um, you know, parents and kids were there, and had a great time doing it. And I have a picture in my office of the three of us, and yeah. um, Sheriff Staley's got. Um, Scuba gear on. He's got a mask and a, <laughs> a snorkel. And a snorkel. Uh, Chief Foster, I think, has got on a Hawaiian shirt in LA, and I've got on like oversized sunglasses. And we're all soaking wet because <laughs> we'd all been in there, but um, poking fun at each other, having fun with each other, mm-hmm. um, and again showing the 
that there is a humorous side to law enforcement. Yeah. Um, when when it when it, when the time is right to be that way, and um, if you get a chance to dunk the the sheriff or police chief or. For charity, I think it went to the police athletic league. Is this for my speeding ticket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's a cage in front, so. Um, and then the kids, by the you know later on, they were just you know running up and hitting it, and mm-hmm. and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, something that hopefully post COVID we'll get a chance to do real real soon, maybe next spring or fall. You know what that reminds me of is um I forget what it's called now. But earlier this year, it might have been by the 4th of July, they did that thing at the airport with some of the, the planes. Oh, Freedom Fest? Yeah, Freedom Fest. There you go. Um, there was a, a, a booth at that, a dunk tank. And this is right in the middle of Palm Coast's mayor election mm-hmm. at this point. So you had at one point, Alan Lowe was sitting on there. And lo and behold, who steps up right as that thing is getting started? But Cornelia Manfrey. First throw. Really? Dunked him in there. Wow. And it was it was a cool little moment of two people like who you know were opponents in that election having a great little nice. thing together, and I got pictures of that. <laughs> that was hilarious. It's like Cornelia, Cornelia became Mariana Rivera up there. Really? She oh. just threw a perfect strike. You must be a Yankee fan. You're throwing at Mariana. Oh Rivera. yes, I am. And I am going to get so many comments. I literally wore my Yankee hat out of the house the day after we got eliminated, and I got to go to the doctor's office, and the nurse is already giving me crap for it because he's a Red Sox fan. It's like, well, well, I'll make you feel better. I'm a Mets fan. We got eliminated in August, <laughs> <laughs> right after the All Star break. After that Lindor Stanton deal in that one series, we've already they already got rid of the the coach, so we need a new coach. Who was the manager this year for the Mets? Uh, I feel like I should know this. Me, if you hadn't asked me his name, I could have told you. <laughs> they, I didn't know they fired their manager. They did the day after the season, I believe. After this season, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that must have been. Another Padres fired their guy. He was terrible, huh? And they have a ton of talent. Both teams have a ton of talent. And they couldn't. Yo, oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, I've been a Mets fan injuries. since I was a little little kid. Oh man, so I've been a Yankee fan since I was a kid. I feel like y'all have y'all have gotten to the series more recently than we have. Yeah, but we haven't won. Uh, what's the last time the Mets won the World Series? Nineteen eighty-six. Really. It's been since the 86 Mets? 86 Mets. I didn't know that. Huh. I'm not saying this like a down. Lost to the Kansas City Royals. Just like the last time. And then we lost to the New York Yankees. Oh, that's right. Y'all made the Subway Series that one year. Subway Series. Mm -hmm. Most of the Royals in what, 2015? Just about. I remember Billy Belger was on the Royals at that point. Yeah. Was David Wright in that? Or was David he- Wright was with the Mets then, and the Subway Series was the one with um, Roger Clemens through the bat, the bat Piazza. at Mike Piazza, and then says, I thought it was a ball. Oh, I can't stand him. He doesn't know the difference between a ball and a bat at that, at that point in his career. He's he's the guy that I, I wish had never been a Yankee. I can't and stand him. And they let him get away with it. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm bitter they didn't they let him get away with that. It's so dumb. That was in the World Series? That was in the World Series. I didn't know that was in the Series. Yeah. Huh. I got to see a Subway Series game, I think, a couple of years ago, and the Mets won. I've actually got two seats from Shea Stadium in my office. Really? Yeah, like the seats themselves? The seats together? themselves, yeah. Oh, Authentic man. seats when they were tearing down Shea Stadium. Wow. How much yeah. did that cost? That was pretty expensive. Not, I really wasn't as expensive as you think. You haven't set up to like to like sit in? To sit in. Yeah. Have you ever put like a perp in there? No. Uh, no, but it was just a, a piece of um, – I mean, I've been a Mets fan – Pretty much my whole life. Piece of history. 
piece of history. I mean, those seats were there when the Beatles were wow. in Shea Stadium. Yeah, so. that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, when I was a pitcher as a teenager, I um, I read a book written by Tom Seaver to improve my mechanics really? called The Art of Pitching. And it was really helpful. It, it took me, because I was a pretty crummy pitcher, and it made me like an only sort of crummy pitcher. <laughs> it, oh, upgraded you? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it helped a lot though, you know, that he, he wrote that book. He was he Mr. Met. He got Nolan Ryan in there to help demonstrate with pictures of like exercises to do, arm mm-hmm. positions. It was like, and even though, you know, it was obviously written probably the 70s or 80s, it was it was so helpful because he's he's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite non-Yankees of all time. Yeah, one of the, one of the all-time best New York Met players ever. Got to be the all-time, right? Yeah, he's probably probably it's like Keith Hernandez, David Wright. He's probably probably the best Met of all time. I, would. I think Seaver is. He's did he he did he just passed else? away. He, he did passed yeah. away a couple years ago. He, that was so sad. Who else did he play for? Did he have another? He played for uh, Cincinnati Reds. That's right, but he's still like a Met. He, he is a he Met. Will, he will always be a New York Met. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree. Certain players you associate with certain teams. Yeah, a Rod will always be a Yankee. Peyton Manning will always be an Indy. That's Indianapolis Colt. Although he, he did win a championship. Mm-hmm. So, it's amazing. Some some players stay with the team. David Wright was a Met his entire career. He should. I would vote him into the Hall of Fame. I know he got cut short by injury and all that, but you know what? So did Sandy Koufax. So yeah. David should be in the Hall, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so that's, so that's awesome. fans and Yankee fans agree. There you go. I mean, it's <laughs> David Wright. You can't hate David Wright. Absolutely. So, Gary, yeah, getting back to law enforcement. Law enforcement. You have been in the business a while now. You've got to have some great weird stories some strange arrests there's got to be some um strange or some interesting characters people getting like what's the weirdest crime you've ever had to respond to there's got to be something Um, it can't be all business as usual having having worked in the city of daytona for as long as as I did, I mean, there was Daytona's got to have some. We ones. when I was there, starting in the late eighties, we were. I was there for MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was there for. Oh no, the the birth of Biketoberfest for um, Bike Week when there was Destination Daytona in Ormond mm-hmm. didn't exist, um, so Daytona was the premier place to to go. There's um, got to be something. The there. Speedway had front and back grandstands that were full. Oh, yeah. I went the last year um, they did that. You know, working events like the Daytona 500 with the president, you know, being at, at the race. Of the United States? President Bush. Whoa. I didn't know he visited Daytona. He was there um, back in 2000, early 2000s. Oh, wow. Um, early on. Early on. So working those events, working bike week, spring break. Um, no, I'm trying to think of, I mean, some of the stuff was, I, I can remember a young man that my motorcycle partner and I, he was walking down A1A with a beer in his hand, which in Daytona is, is illegal. The partner was or the guy? No, the, the young man walking on the sidewalk okay. with a beer. And uh, he saw us and threw the beer away. 
we patted him down. He had a gun on him. Oh, and he wow. Said, he said he had just found the gun, and my partner's response was, well, yeah, I just found it, too. It was in your pocket. <laughs> That's not a good answer. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> so um, nothing crazy. It, a lot of it fades because you, you've done it for so long. Um, mm-hmm. But the profession itself has evolved so uh-huh. much in 30 years mm-hmm. um, to what it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technological advances. When I started in Daytona in the late 80s, uh, we didn't even have AM, FM radios in our cars. Really? We didn't have computers in our cars. That I can believe. We didn't even have electric windows in the cars when I started in Daytona. We had you have a crank? crank down windows and <laughs> the old um, bubblegum machines on top where you could actually hear the um, your lights rotating on the top of your car. Yeah. Oh, and that's light classic. Bar. It's classic. It's old school. Uh, now, you know, the officers have in their cars, they've got computers in their cars, mm-hmm. you know, mobile data terminals and um, the technology. In Flagler Beach, all of our police cars, the lights are internal mm-hmm. because we know the minute you drill a, a hole in the roof of a patrol car to put on a light bar, mm-hmm. in that environment, it's going to rust. Yeah. So all of our lights are internal. They're in the, you know, the grills, they're in the the lights, they're in the front and back windows and the side windows. Yeah. So that things don't rust. And it also helps with, you know, trade in value as well. So that's, that's um, true. I wouldn't have thought of that. That uh, worked a lot of really, really good stuff. Uh, a lot of really good investigations in narcotics and mm. um, nothing that really pops out. Not that it was, um, I'll think about it, but nothing. No, no good, like Florida man headlines you've been a part of. No, but I did hear one the other day where, uh, um, it wasn't in Florida where somebody broke into a um, sporting field where the ticket office was and the box office, the box office and was found asleep uh, after eating chicken fingers and doing meth. <laughs> he just fell asleep there. Yeah, I saw it on the SEC network. It was, oh it was the, the headline. So no, nothing crazy. Sounds like that. something Florida state would have happen. <laughs> <laughs> go Gators, right? Yeah. Go Gators. There was one, there's this guy who lives in Sarasota and he does like YouTube pranks and he's for the most part harmless as in no one gets hurt, but he has towed the board, the board, the border of legal yes. a couple of times. He had one, but it's so creative when he does it. Like one, he, the, the premise of his prank video was quote unquote flipping off the cops, but it was two cops at a picnic table on break. He ran up behind them and did like a front flip over them. Flipped uh, off. Nice. And he got arrested. And then <laughs> there was another one. He was, um, and he got, they got him for impersonating an officer because he got like a fake uniform and he was handing out tickets, but they were concert tickets. Uh, like expensive yeah, concert tickets. Yeah, that'll probably get you in trouble. They got him for that too. But it's like, you got to kind of admire the creativity on that one. Until you get arrested. Until you get arrested. <laughs> then yeah. It's, then it's not so good. So. Yeah. Then, but he, I think he said like, as long as you got the shot. I'm, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You know what, though? Happy ending because he got a little less illegal over time. And once his channel blew up, he, like, donated to his local, good. you know, the police in Sarasota. Became, like, a big donor oh, to good. them. And he took a picture with a cop that brought him in for one of those at one oh, point. Cool. Like, shook his hand and everything. And uh, he also, he streaked at the Tropicana Field one time. Streaked the Tropicana Field. Yep, in his tidy whities <laughs> 
which you, if you've been to any Rays games before two years ago, that might be the most interesting thing that happens. I haven't been there game. in probably five years, five or six years. It's quite the stadium. Oh, I like the stadium. It doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees outside. They're still playing. Then you have a home run that hits the catwalk, though. <laughs> like last night, that playoff game. Did you see that? The only play that I saw was um, the steal of home. That was that was cool. That was really you cool. could see it coming. I, I, I didn't have it on at that point. I had it on for maybe three minutes. Mm. And I saw the double where he won a Azarine, I think is his name. Azarine, yeah. And he just kept walking down that. The third baseman was way too far off. He was halfway down the line, two or three pitches. Yeah, they always say, like, get as big a lead as the third baseman has. But he just straight up went. And that pitcher just waited and just didn't look. and Caught him sleeping. Caught him sleeping. Earlier in the game, though, Nelson Cruz hit a big long fly ball that bounced off the catwalk. Oh, did he? They called it a home run. It landed, like, in the field. I think Ariza Reina had a home run, too. Yeah, he did. They they dominated last night, which is – It'd be great to see Tampa want to win. They've been the best team all year. If my nurse is the, the Red Sox fan is listening, um, ha ha. <laughs> Joke's uh, on you now. Yeah, I'd like to see Tampa. I'd like to see somebody new win it. And Tampa's had a good team for, for, for a LA. while. Go Dodgers at this point. Really? They're my backup team. I they, like them. I want already, Clayton Kershaw to get two rings. They've already won. But it's Kershaw. They don't have anyone on that team I don't like. I don't like Kevin Kiermaier. Pull for the underdog. I was pulling for the Mariners to make it instead of Boston. Doesn't get, for the underdog. doesn't get much more underdog than that. The, the Rays? Underdogs. That would be a great story. No, let, let, let a different Rays team. I don't like this Rays team. I don't like Kevin Cash. I don't like Kevin Underpaid. Meyer. Most people They're can't name cheap. three people on that team. I can name too many of them because they've dominated us all year. No, let Braves. The, the Braves are the underdogs. One of the lowest payrolls, if not the lowest payroll in baseball, to win the World Series. That would be they're money balling it. That would be pretty spectacular to have a low payroll and win. I, I, I like the idea of the Rays winning a World Series, just not this iteration of them. <laughs> you just don't like not this squad. No, G Man Choi, I'll be happy for. Next I like him. Whenever they get rid of Kevin Cash, I can root for him again. The Mike Zanino, the catcher. He's Kevin, nah, Kevin Cash needs to go. He's a jerk. He stole. They, they stole the play card from Toronto. That was bush league. <laughs> that was theft. He should have been arrested for that. I like their catcher. He's a Florida Gator. So oh, I didn't know that. Mike Zanino. Yeah, he's. I didn't know he was a Gator. He was a Gator catcher. Huh. Oh, but speaking of just having it on for three minutes, I was going to say I almost watched no college football at all. But one time I, I turned, I tuned into this random uh, Auburn versus Alabama game at the end. Oh, with the kickoff! You can probably imagine what happened. Yeah, the kickoff just, return. Yeah, I just happened to flip it on. <laughs> Been watching for a couple minutes. Let me tell you, there's nothing more satisfying than ESPN showing the members of Alabama, University of Alabama's like marching band, just like weeping. <laughs> I, they, uh, that they've was, been very good for a very, very long time. It was amazing. They're the Yankees of college football, except they, the Yankees are actually likable. But anyway, getting back to it again. Law had, this is this is now a law enforcement slash baseball podcast. Yeah. Um, so Flagler Beach is probably hit the hardest when a hurricane comes to town, I would say, out of the three. Um, I'm being, sure no city takes a great – if they get hit, yeah. But Flagler Beach has its own unique 
challenge because of its location like when all of a1a collapsed a few years ago five years ago so what what is like the day after a hurricane like for the cops in fiber beach it's um it's kind of surreal um because you know we we come back over um across the bridge we're we're back over first Mm -hmm. and when you come across and you you see A1A has fallen into the ocean and mm-hmm. trees down. And, you know, even though as bad as it was, it could have been worse. It could have right. been a lot worse. Um, the loss of life and those type of things are you know, the entire city just being leveled. Um, but to, to come back and see it firsthand before anybody else and then to realize that you know that you've got um, – uh, your mission is to get back to normalcy as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you have to beforehand make sure that your family's taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, in law enforcement and uh, EMS and fire first responders, we don't have the ability to evacuate. We stay. We go back first, and we we do um, what we do because we love what we do and where we're at. So, to see A one A, which is probably for me one of the most incredible things to see how that roadway just fell in mm-hmm. how mother nature just basically said, I'm, I'm taking this road back mm-hmm. for, for a stretch of miles it was just um, something that I didn't think I would ever see. And then knowing um, that you were probably going to want to work in three weeks without a day off. Um, and not so much the the three weeks, just knowing that there's, there's a, a portion of society that will try to capitalize on the misfortune of others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after Matthew, we did, there was a curfew for a reason. We didn't want people coming into Flagle Beach thinking that they could take over the city and break into people's houses. And, and mm-hmm. we made some arrests. We made some arrests of folks that were there to do just that. Um, so those are the things you're really proud of. And then as the, the chief what you worry about is the health and safety of, of not just the public, but your officers, because um, they're going through all this as well. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're my family. I, I treat my folks, they're my family. So their health and safety and mental health, when they go home to their families, I worry about them all. And, you know, that's the, the burden of being a chief or a sheriff is, if you're going to work that hard after an event like that, you worry about how, how they're doing. And the best way to do is face to face to talk to them. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? And listen, you know, we're canceled days off. You're probably not going to get a day off for another week. Pace yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drink water. Are you eating? Are you doing all that? Have you taken a break? Have you rested? Um, Cause they're out there doing their thing and they, they want to make the city safe, but, that's probably the hardest part is to come back over and then to see um, keeping keeping calm in the face of adversity, I think, means a lot. If we if we show that things are bad, what is the public going to think? So we, they, they look at us to help. So I, I can remember handing out meals and um, a little plug for Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. Um, dropped off a bunch of sandwiches. I just threw, threw them in my car and was just driving through neighborhoods, handing out Chick-fil-A sandwiches to folks that 
hadn't had anything warm to eat in a couple of days, mm-hmm. giving out bottles of water and, you know, getting things back to normal, getting them back over um, as quick as we could. Um, some residents would text me, can you just check on my house? Send me a picture of my house because I evacuated. Sure. Take a picture of you. A couple of pictures of that. This is what your house looks like. It's fine. There's no need to worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what's really appreciated about Flagler Beach is that small, unique, a one-on-one relationship with its police department. Mm-hmm. Did you have people like um, uh, on the last episode, I was talking to Anna Maria Long from the Flagler Homeowners Association, mm-hmm. and she mentioned there was you'd have people like fake flooring companies or roofing companies coming out. Did you have like you have like any of that? What we did was we had um, if if a business or a uh, resident when we had the uh, restrictions at the bridge. Again, some people will try to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. You either had to have a work order or you had to have something to prove that you were hired to come over the bridge because they say, well, I'm going to go over and put a roof over there. We, we didn't allow them over. Mm-hmm. But what we did was we worked with our businesses um, to bring refrigeration trucks because the power was out, to bring over refrigeration trucks so that, the, uh, especially the restaurants, that their food didn't go bad, it didn't spoil. Mm-hmm. Um, the power company worked great with with our uh, representatives at FPNL and all the folks that came in to restore the power. And it's just those little things of getting power restored, of getting to the point where you can um, have something to eat, a warm meal. Um, and kudos to our business community. A lot of restaurants just gave out food mm-hmm. once that they could get power up, whether it was a generator or FPNL. Um, they were just cooking food, not just for first responders, but for residents that came back. They were just giving away food. And, um, you know, we refer to it as Flagler Strong, and there's a great organization that it's called Flagler Strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, between them and the, you know, Flagler Beats Business Bureau, FB3, um, that's what makes it, for me, the coolest place to work yeah. is, is working with people. It's a small city, only 5,000 people, but the absolute biggest hearts of any place you'll ever find. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. So um, speaking of uh, just, you know, the tight-knit community, what kind of events do you guys have going on that the uh, police department is going to be involved in? So the, there's two coming up on the 23rd that are um, kind of unique. One is a prescription drug take-back day. Mm-hmm. So if you've got um, expired or unused prescriptions, instead of throwing them in the garbage can or flushing them down the toilet, the Flagler Beach Police Department will be open. Uh, it's, it's a Saturday from 10 to 2. Uh, and it's no questions asked. You just drop by your prescription drugs, drop them in a box, and you go. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, we know that we've got some residents that can't um, get out, um, whether it's because of COVID, um, because they have some physical ailments. So uh, we're going to do a chief dash. So I'll be working that day from 10 to 2. And all you have to do is call dispatch and say, can you send the chief by my house? And I'll personally come up and pick you up your prescription drugs. Wow. And bring them back to the police department and be destroyed. That's really awesome. So that's from 10 to 2. And then from 5 to 7 the same night, um, we usually have a trunk or treat Halloween event. Mm-hmm. But because of the Delta variant um, and kids not being vaccinated, we're going to do a drive through event like we did last year. It's mm-hmm. called the Beach Boo drive through Mm-hmm. So it's basically a drive-through event where um, members of the city, police department, fire department, 
I think uh, Mayor Susie Johnston is going to be there. Um, some of the commissioners, um, I'm sure Mr. Whitson, our city manager, will be there. Um, we're encouraging parents and kids to get dressed up, come out in their cars, and we give the kids candy and Ziploc bags so that there's limited interaction because we don't want kids to get sick. Now, are you going to dress up? That's what people want to know. I will, yes, my costume will be here on yes. Monday. Any hints as to what it's going to be? Um, see, like a Tom Selleck '80s. <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's a two-parter. So it's myself and uh, Captain Lance Blanchett. Ooh. He and I have um, Simon and Garfunkel have costumes. I can't. Tom and Jerry. We'll reveal, we'll reveal what the costume is going to be a couple days before. I cannot wait to see um, it. And I, it'll uh, be on social media. It'll be on our Facebook page. What day is that again? Saturday the 23rd. So basically it's an event all day from 10 to 2 mm-hmm. is the prescription drug take back day. And that's something that we partner with the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, mm-hmm. uh, that they dispose of it. So we collect um, unused prescription drugs. And then we turn them over to DEA, and then the DEA takes them and they dispose of them properly mm-hmm. as opposed to getting in the water aquifer. If you were to take a prescription pill, uh, say it was a painkiller, you put it in your garbage can, and the garbage can gets knocked over. And that pill rolls out there, and the kid picks it up. That's the last thing we want to have happen. Of course. So um, we took it a little bit further, um, just knowing we've got a, a, a great – community that I'll be out there. So if you live in the city of Flagler Beach and you can't make it out for what it's again, no questions asked. Hey, can the chief come by my house? I'll come by, just pick them up, bring them back, put them in there. This way you don't have to leave, uh, leave the comfort of your home and uh, do that. And then have a great time from five to seven with the kids. So where's that going to be? It's at Wickline Park, which is right where the city library is, right off of South Flagler Avenue. Okay. So if you come across the bridge eastbound, when you get to the first light at Flagler, you turn right, you pass the police department, the fire department, straight ahead is Wickline Park. Is that where those little basketball courts are? There's basketball courts, yeah. Okay, because I was thinking it was on the one um, where if you're going under the bridge... To that little fishing spot. That's, that's there. Betty Stephanie. If you park. make a yeah, yeah, if you make like a left right before you get to that, I felt like that was. The if area. you go, if you make the left before you get to the um, the boat docks, that's Betty Stefflick Park okay. underneath the bridge. Yeah, you can actually get to Wickline from Betty Stefflick. Yeah, with the boardwalks. Correct. Yeah. Okay, but in order to drive into it, do for a trunk or tree, you want to take you want over to come by the in, library. Right, you want to come in by the library, and there's a big pavilion there. Uh-huh. So what you do is you'll come in, you're heading south, get into the pavilion, you'll make a U-turn, and where the pavilion is, that's where we'll be handing out handing out stuff. And um, fire department gets dressed up, and uh, my administrative assistant, um, if you don't know D, she's the best. She p- pretty much puts that whole thing together, and mm-hmm. you know we're accepting candy donations and. Um, just, just the community is incredible. The Aliki um, president, Mary Lauk, is helping us with um, putting candy in bags, and yeah. it's just a it's a total team effort. And we'll have hay bales out there, and um, <laughs> officers getting dressed up. It's it's going to be pretty fun. Like I said, every year we get dressed up. Last year we were zombie doctors oh, and nurses. Wow. 
which is yeah. great because we had masks on. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, um, I won't tell you what the, the costume is going to be, but it's uh, it's comedy, but it, it'll be really fun. I think it's going to be really, really fun. And, of course, anyone going, make sure to behave yourself because there's not much more ridiculous than being arrested by an officer wearing, like, <laughs> a Fruit of the Loom grapes costume. Yeah, no, that's not – that would be pretty funny. That would be something for the next podcast. Oh, yeah. That would be – That'd be a great Florida man headline if you guys want to get some big like exposure. Yeah, that That would get some national coverage. Yeah, I try to stay out of national. (laughs) (laughs) Usually not the best thing in a small department, but that would be that would be pretty great. Yeah. So again, it's the twenty third Saturday, the twenty third of October. It's a week before Halloween, but just two totally different things going on on the same day, uh, both for community outreach and um, to just to help the community just in general. So. Yeah, sounds great. All right. And with that, guys, that is that is our show. That's awesome. Chief Thanks Matt for Downey, having me. Thank you so much for coming I on. I appreciate this it, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege. And thanks again. And if you need something from Flag of the Beach, just look us up on Facebook or definitely follow us on Facebook. So we try to be as uh, interactive as we can on social media and just come by and see us. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks awesome. a bunch. Thanks. Thanks.